Good morning, everyone, and a very warm welcome to morning worship at Hillhead. Whether we are meeting in the hotel in a slightly different venue from normal or uh, on Zoom, we are all equally welcome. A very special welcome this morning to Gingerich and Vendula. Uh, those of us who were around 17 years ago when they uh, worshipped with us between 2005 2006 will have many happy memories of time spent with them. And so we welcome them and their son this morning to Hillhead. Hope you get a chance to speak to as many folk as possible uh, before you have to leave. Our service this morning will be led by our minister, Katrina, but also taking part in the service are Mary and Ian, who will lead us in the Lord's Prayer, Addie and Grace, who will read scripture for us, Rachel, who will lead our prayers for others, and Tamara, Wendy, Asan, Katrina H and Joan, who will all contribute to our reflections today. Our musicians this, small, this morning are Paul and Leo, and Benjamin and Bardia will be lighting our candle very shortly. At the end of this service, it would be really helpful if those who are on site at the hotel could wait for just a few minutes after the service to share some ideas with Katrina about how we can share out the task required for worship on site in the longer term. Uh, we promise we will not keep you long, but your input would be very much appreciated. Then at 7 p.m. this evening, our evening service uh, will be led by me and that service will be on Zoom. A huge thank you to everyone who donated to our Christian Aid Week appeal Together, we raised a total of £1,370, including gift aid. And that is a remarkable total. So thank you, everyone, who made a donation this year. <clears throat> now, two pieces of family news. Marit asks for our prayers for her parents, who were involved in a serious motorcycle accident in Germany on Thursday. And especially for our mum, whose injuries uh, required surgery. She's still in hospital in Dresden and is expected to need further surgery. Uh, thankfully, Marit and Tom were in Germany on a visit to her family, so are doing everything they can to help, especially in caring for Marit's grandparents while her mum isn't able to do that. So please remember all of them in your prayers. It's a time of real crisis for the family. And then you'll have seen from my email earlier in the week that our old friend, the Reverend Dr. Derek Murray, died this past week. Please remember his wife, Lorna, and his daughters, Ruth and Anne, in your prayers. And remember, Ruth is Ruth Goldborn, who has preached at Hillhead uh, a number of times. Derek's funeral will be held on Monday the 6th of June at 2.30pm at Baldara Crematorium in Krathis. If you would like to go to the crematorium, drop me an email and I can send you a map with directions to Balbara. If you would like to be present online, drop me an email saying that and I'll send you the link to the live stream when that becomes available. You will be very welcome to attend either in person or online. I'll send out a wee email this coming week just with a reminder of those times. But time now 
for Benjamin and Bardia to light our candle. As we gather for worship, let us join together to become the body of Christ. Christ is the light that lights our way. May we glimpse Christ's light this day. Come to God in prayer. We pray together. Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary from carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. We come to you, Lord of all, just as we are, knowing that however we feel and however our week has been, you welcome us with open arms, gently reaching out to take from us the burdens of weariness, regret, worry, or fear. As we dare to trust that these words are true, 
and that they really are for us. Help us to open our hearts and our minds to your all-seeing gaze, bringing to light anything that needs your cleansing, healing, restoring touch. Jesus said, My yoke will not chafe, and the load I give you will not be too heavy for you to manage. We come to you, Lord of all, as those who desire to live your way, to love as you love, and to be bringers of hope and peace in a damaged and disordered world. Help us to walk in step with the Holy Spirit and in the footsteps of Jesus, as those entrusted to carry the gospel gifts of hope and of a future. Jesus said, I give you my shalom, the eternal peace of God, beyond anything this world knows or understands. As we listen for your voice, open ourselves to your prompting and commit ourselves afresh to your service. Grant us this peace, we pray. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
So just before I move into our bit that I've got planned, I do have one little thing to share with you that I only found out this morning and somebody's going to be hiding under a table in a minute, but it is Beth's birthday today. It's not a big birthday. It's just a normal birthday, but a very happy birthday to Beth. Can we just um, clap all the way? Thanks, Beth. So I wonder if anybody knows what God looks like. Anybody online or anybody on site want to put up their hands and say, yeah, I know what God looks like. There's a few people hiding, but nobody thinks they know what God looks like. Well, special treat for you today. I have a portal and this portal will allow us to get a glimpse into heaven and see what God looks like. So I wonder, are there any volunteers who would like to come and have a glimpse into my portal? David's got his hand up. Anybody else? I'm just going to stick my mask back on because I can't quite get far enough away from people. So David's going to come and have a glimpse. Would anybody else like to come and have a glimpse? And Esther? Um, and, and Yes, come on, boys. Come on down. So one at a time. And I don't want you to tell anybody yet what you see, but you can tell them afterwards. So David, would you like to have a look in my portal? Can you see God? Yes, good. Esther, would you like to come and have a glimpse? Can you see God in my portal? Yeah? Brilliant. Come on, boys. Let's see if you can see God in my portal. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is amazing. Can you see God in my portal as well? Yeah? They're all laughing. Why are you all laughing when you've seen God? Is God a clown? Has God got a funny face? Okay, so what does God look like? What does God look like? You all saw God. You all said, yes, you saw God. So what does God look like? Do you want to come and take the microphone so everybody can see? Um, it looks like yourself. That's right. Well done. Thank you. Do you want to go and sit down? Let me show everybody what was inside my portal. So in, if I just threw that, there we go. So everybody on online, you look a bit like God. I don't think this is going to work, is it? Everybody on the room. You look a bit like God as well. You see, the Bible tells us that every single one of us is made in the image and likeness of God. And there's a slight twist to it as well, because actually together we're made in the image of likeness of God as well. So each one of us, we look at each other and we get a glimpse of God. And we look at us together on the Zoom and in the room and that also gives us a glimpse of God. That's part of the mystery of what we're thinking about this morning. So we're going to sing one of our old favorite Sunday school songs. And at the end of that, quite a large number of people will be disappearing because they'll be going off to take part in Sunday school. If you're black or if you're white or if you're in between, God loves you.
One of the things that we find in the Western church is that God is very often portrayed or imagined as being an old, white, heterosexual man. And that isn't always helpful. And it has led to attitudes and practices that are at the very least unhelpful and potentially very damaging. If we believe that every single one of us is made in the image and likeness of God, what does that mean? This morning, I've asked a few folk if they'd be willing to share just a few words, sharing a little bit of what that means for them. And hopefully we're going to be able to put this on to speak of you in the hotel so that you'll be able to see the faces. It won't affect the people online, but I know sometimes people um, in the hotel can't quite spot which box they're looking for. So I will be first, and then we have two people on Zoom and then three people in the room. And it's completely open to them what they choose to say, but we will all be topping and tailing with a similar pattern of words. So my name is Katrina. I am made in the image and likeness of God. I am a white cis woman who was born in London, England, not quite 60 years ago. I enjoy walking, reading and music, and I love cats. I am lifelong single and mostly I am content with that. And I have been trying to follow Jesus since I was about six years old. My name is Katrina and I am made in the image and likeness of God. My name is Tamara. I am made in the image and likeness of God. I am a cis, white, queer woman and an introvert. I am the mother of Aaron and currently pregnant. I love to read and eat pizza. Queer and liberation theology and social justice are why I fall in love with God and Jesus again and again. My name is Tamara. I am made in the image and likeness of God. My name is Wendy. I am made in the image and likeness of God. I'm a woman, ethnically white, as far as I know. I was born and bred in Glasgow over 80 years ago. My pleasures are fish and chips, music, reading and writing stories. I have no family and live alone because my last dog companion has taken the great journey before me. Although I live alone, I am not lonely. Recently, someone took issue with this and then decided, ah, you're on the mild end of autism and sat back satisfied. I had been labeled. We live in an age of labels. I believe God only uses one, which says, child of mine. My name is Wendy. I am made in the image and likeness of God. My name is Ehsan. I am made in the image and likeness of God. I am an Asian white man born in Khuzestan, Iran. I like football, tennis, music, and watching drama movies. I am also passionate about videography. I like dogs, cats, but my pet was a chick when I was a kid. 
I am also petrified of the spiders. I came to the UK five years ago. I was civil engineer back in my country, and I did further study here. I have been trying to follow Jesus since seven years ago. My name is Ehsan. I am made in the image and likeness of God. My name is Katrina, and I'm made in the image and likeness of God. I am a white cis woman. I was born in Paisley, and I currently live in Glasgow with my husband, Ben. Um, I adore dogs and hope to get one someday once we live in a place that allows pets. Um, I have been part of Hillhead Baptist Church since I was about seven years old. Um, I love reading, playing tabletop role-playing games with my friends. Um, and I, I love singing. <laughs> I, my name is Katrina and I am made in the image and likeness of God. My name is Joan. I am made in the image and likeness of God. I was born and brought up in Glasgow and was a nurse all of my working life. I'm very happy with my present home at Annie's Land, which I share with a very timid cat. I've always enjoyed travelling and have been privileged to join in diverse forms of Christian worship in several countries. Music, especially choral singing, has been a big part of my life for many years and I have loved being part of choirs, singing some of the wonderful classical repertoire, much of which is based on scripture, sometimes in German, sometimes in Latin, sometimes in English and other languages. I feel blessed to be part of a loving caring community here in Hillhead. My name is Joan. I am made in the image and likeness of God. Huge thanks to those who have shared a little bit of what it means for them to be made in the image and likeness of God. So we believe in a triune God, a God whom we experience in three persons or three personae if you want to be posh about it, one of whom, the Holy Spirit, who breathes into each one of us creativity and life and uniquely empowers each of us for full lives. And so we sing, come to us, creative spirits. Thank you. 
Our first Bible reading is Revelations chapter 7, verses 9 to 12. I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, from all tribes and people and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white with palm branches in their arms. They cried out in a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who is seated on the throne, and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne, around the elders, and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne, and worshipped God, singing, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. And reading secondly from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 at verse 4. There are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of services but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given, through the Spirit, the utterance of wisdom, and to another, the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discernment of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same spirit who allots to each one individually just as the spirit chooses. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. It's definitely not a secret that the reading we've just heard from the book of Revelation is one of my favourites. I wonder though, when you hear the words, what is the picture that you see in your mind's eye? For example, are all the people standing up? 
or some of them sitting down, or all of them sitting down. Are there any people in wheelchairs, or people with sticks, or people with assistance dogs? We know that everybody is wearing white, but does everybody look the same? Are there different hairstyles, different heights, different body shapes? What does that great multitude look like to you? And what is happening? Are they arranged in straight rows or curved rows or something completely different? And what is the music that's playing? Is it a beautiful cathedral pipe organ? Is it perhaps a worship band with guitars and drums and saxophones and things? Or maybe it's an orchestra. Do the people know the words they're singing off by heart? How are they holding hymn books or maybe scrolls? Perhaps the words are being projected onto a screen or even a cloud. Are they all singing in unison? in the same language? Or is this some kind of beautiful soprano, alter, tenor and bass arrangement in every known language? I wonder what it looks like for you. When I was training for ministry, one of the experienced ministers I worked with was really not a fan of this image. He explained to me he could not imagine anything that he wouldn't get bored with after a while. And I kind of understood what he meant, but it didn't quite fit for me, it didn't feel quite right. Surely heaven, as eternity spent in the presence of God, will be a place of fulfilment, of joy, of abundance of life. And yet, Maybe the way he approached the image is worth me thinking about and maybe worth us thinking about just a little bit more. You see, as I've reflected over the last week, it struck me how much the image that's in my head is shaped by my own experience and how, for me, it looks like the biggest, most pleasurable church service ever. And that isn't necessarily very helpful. So what, why, why am I saying that? Well, I think there is a danger that if we see heaven as the best ever church service, it risks reducing us to some kind of passive consumers. A danger that we see heaven as a place where there is nothing else for us to do but sing our favourite hymns and have a wonderful time. Even if the minister I had the chat with is wrong, and even if we won't get bored in heaven, and I'm pretty sure we won't, his comment has encouraged me over many years to think a bit more, what might heaven be like? And more importantly, perhaps, how does that affect the way that I live and we live and work and worship today in the here and now? So let's just go back to that image again of the great crowd, all dressed in white, worshipping God and having an amazing time doing so. 
and whatever that looks like for you. So who's playing the music? Who gives out the hymn books or the service sheets or <laughs> projects the words onto that cloud? Who makes sure that anybody who needs a seat gets one? Who serves tea and coffee afterwards or whatever else there might be? Or maybe nobody needs tea and coffee anymore. Maybe things are different. You see, the more I think about it, the more I realise that this can't happen unless people have some kind of work to do. Unless, of course, it all happens by magic. But that doesn't quite fit with my understanding of God. So, if heaven is not going to be boring, and if heaven is going to be a place of fullness of life for everyone, then it seems to me that the gifts and skills we have in life continue to have a place and a purpose in heaven. Sometimes we talk or sing about living tomorrow's life today. In other words, that the life we live now should be an anticipation, a model, or a glimpse, if you like, of what we imagine heaven or eternity to be like, that new or renewed creation. So in this beautiful image from Revelation, there are people of every conceivable variety, and each of them will be able to exercise their gifts and skills in order to worship God. And if that's true, then it has to be true now, however imperfectly we do that. Right through the scriptures, from the very first chapter of Genesis, we hear about the activity of the Holy Spirit, equipping and empowering and enabling humans for all kinds of amazing things. The extract we heard from the letter to the church at Corinth is part of an exploration of the work of the Holy Spirit within one specific local congregation. And it seems, as I read those words, that that church had got itself into something of a muddle. Why else would the apostle need to spell things out quite so carefully? The small extract we heard is just one example of the many different ways that people may be gifted or skilled by God in order to serve alongside and with others within the body of Christ that's the local church, the global church, and maybe by extension, the church beyond time and space. Now, in this small reading, the gifts that are identified are apparently supernatural, and that very much reflects the context into which it was written. Here was a congregation who seemed to prize above everything else unusual gifts, and by inference at least, to demean or reject those that were ordinary or natural or practical. Elsewhere in the letters of the New Testament, we find other lists and other examples of a huge diversity of gifts that the Spirit gives. A few years ago, I wrote them all on a scroll, and I was supposed to show you the scroll at this point, but halfway through the reflective music, I thought, that scroll is still on my desk at home. Clearly, I don't have the gift of remembering perfectly. But if I had had the, the scroll, and if I had unrolled it, I could have held the top here above my head, and it would have gone down to the floor. 
because every single one of us has gifts and skills that God has given that are important. Most of the gifts are normal. So, for example, generosity is a gift of God. Hospitality is a gift of God. Administrative gifts, so looking after the books, taking the minutes, checking out the legals, that's all a gift of God. As are practical works of service, setting up for services, making sure there's hand gel, taking the list of names. All these things are gifts and skills given to us by God. And this church congregation is hugely blessed by God. We have a great diversity of people in every way. And it's absolutely right that we celebrate that. But it's also important to recognise and remember that God has called us together for a purpose and that those gifts and skills are part of that. In recent months, it has felt increasingly the case to me and to others, this is not just Katrina's vision, that God is calling us to an exciting future as a hybrid church centred in Glasgow and international and expression. A church where everybody is truly made welcome. A church where there are no bars on who may be a member or who may serve. A church in which everybody may fully express the gifts and they have been given as leaders, as musicians, as those who work with our children, as those who reflect upon scripture, as those who pray, and as those who may lead us in the Lord's Supper. For me, such a church is that glimpse or anticipation of the great multitude described in the book of Revelation. However, and there does have to be a however, it can only be our experience if each and every one of us accepts the responsibility of using our gifts and our skills for the common good, which is what it says in the letter to the church at Corinth. I'm really enjoying beginning to work and worship as a hybrid congregation. It's lovely to be able to do all that we do already. I love hearing voices in the room and voices on Zoom. It's enriching to our worship to hear Farsi and German and German and Yoruba and Welsh as well as or instead of English. I love singing along to the recordings of ourselves, but I also long for the day we can make new music, perhaps do live music celebrating and enjoying the gifts of those who play the keyboard or the violin, the guitar, the trumpet, and maybe others we don't yet know. What we have is beautiful and precious, but it's also vulnerable and tentative because it's only possible if people are willing and able to use their gifts in the service of our church, or if you want to be a little bit more holy about it, in the service of Christ. So now I get to the tricky bit, and even as I get to that tricky bit, I feel the knot in my stomach because it always makes me squirm trying to find the right words to say, well, what I need to say, because sometimes a challenge can sound like a criticism. And sometimes I have to take the risk of being told off for appearing to tell people off when actually I'm just trying to say, look, this is what I think God is saying to us. I believe God has called us together and equipped us for something really, really special. But that is only going to be possible 
if each one of us is willing to give ourselves that discernment process and to helping it to find expression. And that includes the day-to-day -day practicalities of making it happen right now. At the heart of who we are and all we seek to be is our Sunday worship. But unless people are able to share in the mundane and ordinary of that, I'm sad to say it won't happen. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, we are dependent so much on one or two people who can do things. It was such a great gift this morning when we found ourselves suddenly in a strange room to know that Paul and Bethany and Katrina, who were here to do the setup, knew what they're doing. It was a, such a great gift to be able to quickly text Anne and say, quick, can you send an email out to people to say, we're not in our normal room. But we are so dependent on a very small number of people. And that's not allowing everybody to express their gifts. And it's not healthy for those who are doing the work. So let's go back to that lovely image. The great multitude worshipping God. People from everywhere on the earth. And maybe some of them are in a hotel room. And maybe some of them are on Zoom. There are people of all ages and all stages of life with differing interests and abilities, and they all want to try to follow Jesus. And they all know they haven't got it quite sussed yet, that there is more to learn. And this is so much more than a worship jamboree, possible because of a few faithful people making it happen. It's much more amazing and wonderful. It's a gathering of deep community, whose people really know each other, really care about each other, worship and serve together. A community where everybody is enabled and empowered to exercise their gifts and where each one does so willingly for the good of all as part of a community made in God's image. For that is what we are. Not long after I came to Hillhead, which is a long time ago now, I chose a hymn that I really liked by a Scottish hymn writer called Ian Fraser, who used another beautiful image for the church, the church as a building formed of living stones. And after that service, somebody came up to me from the congregation and said, you know, I have a funny feeling that that hymn emerged from a hymn writing worship that took place in our church, in the Trist, for those of you who, who remember the Trist a hymn writing workshop held in the 1990s. And I really liked that because as I, I looked at the words again, I saw how that reflected this church. And I still like it because it still expresses some of the humility of owning our imperfection, yet trusting that if we, in our wonderful diversity, play our part, we can become all that God longs for us to be. Made in the image of God, the body of Christ, a temple of living stones, unity in diversity. Amen. So be it.
as we celebrate the diversity in the church and in our midst, I want to take a moment to recognize that not everyone in the worldwide church celebrates or even accepts diversity. This prayer that I'm about to say is based on a prayer by Reverend Emmy Kegler. Lord, I am lost. They told me to follow you, and I did. I went to the edges, the margins, to the humble, the grieving, the oppressed, and slandered, to where you always showed that you were. And when I came back to show with joy what I had found, to celebrate what had been restored, they called me lost as well. Wanderer, stubborn, black sheep, misinformed, misguided, willfully rejecting the teachings I grew up with. All I could taste before were doubts, questions, a sense we had gone wrong. And for asking them, the hired hand that I saw as a shepherd said my soul was wrong. Sinner, wasteful, prodigal. Jesus, how do I tell them that the riches they say I stole from the house of God are actually pig slop? How do I tell them that I did what you did? Eat meals with people in the margins and there found unending grace. So many of us have tried, Lord, to be a small, shiny, worthy coin pressed into the mold of others. But we find ourselves off center, missing the mark. So here we are, Lord, a quarter in the world of pennies, pushed to the bottom of the divine washing machine, underneath car seats, under beds where dirt, dust mites, and bobby pins are our only companions. Lord, help us to see the broom in your hand, to hear you turning over every empty pitcher, shaking every neatly folded sheet. Help us to see that your belly is pressed against the floor as you search the darkness for those who are called lost. Help us to see you reaching out your hand to cradle the imperfect, dirty, rusty coins that we are, cradling us as if we're a pearl of great price. We lift up to you, Lord, some mothers who might also be forgotten coins in the corner. The Baptist Union of Scotland asks us to pray for Elon Baptist Church in Aberdeenshire and Elgin Baptist Church. Bless their ministries and witnesses in their local towns. May they bring in the lost and make them feel included. BMS World Mission asks us to pray for their partners in Guinea as they spread your love by breaking gender boundaries still in place in the impoverished countries. We also lift up those in our own congregation, Steve, Neil, Anita, and Bonnie, Dr. Beth, Mary, Janet, and Roger, Joyce, and Morag, Jen, Andrew, Carl, and Aiden, Elaine, Graham, Freya, and Sarah, and John E. Give them the courage this week to make the lost feel welcome, to help the lost feel at home. Jesus, in this congregation of the Forgotten Corner, we know we are not alone. We are the church of the still lost and the lost and found. So when you come to get us, Lord, bring a satchel to take us all home. For each one of us that was called lost, may you pull us close and instead whisper, found. Amen.
May the triune God, perfect unity in diversity, whose dance of divine love, mercy and grace surround us all our days, empower, encourage and enable us to delight in diversity, serve with humility, value the ordinary and flourish in community now and always. Amen.